Hey friends, this is Terry, and I want to thank you for joining us for another episode of the Prophet Able podcast. In this episode, I am doing part one of a two-part series on letting go. This is something that's kind of been nagging at me, and I am excited to bring this to you. So today, we'll be talking about letting go of certain things in business. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Profit Able Podcast, your go-to resource for tips to grow your business and live your best life. I'm your host, Terry Milroy, and each week I'll be bringing you insider strategies to help you build a profitable coaching business or online course while also cultivating a lifestyle that you love. Get ready to up-level your income and your joy as we dive into today's show. Let's do this. Hello, friends, and welcome to my Sunday. Um, We are actually batching some episodes so that I can take a few days off at the end of the month for my birthday. And so today is part one of our series on letting go. And I'm going to be really honest, this is probably going to stretch into a second episode because I want to talk about letting go from both a business perspective and then also from a personal perspective, because I think that both of those are elements as business leaders, business entrepreneurs and as human beings that we can all use some reminders about. So today we are going to start with discussions about letting go in business. And one of the things that I think is hard for business owners particularly, but also for any fairly driven career-minded people, is letting go of failure. Because I think a lot of us who are of that driven component, um, and you know who you are, the type A people, the people who take the DISC personality test and come out 100% D for driven, um, that's you, that's me, we all know one another. Uh, we recognize <laughs> we recognize our own kind when we are out together. Uh, but for those of us who are of that particular persuasion. Um, There is a whole lot of trouble sometimes with letting go of the fact that not everything is going to be successful. Many of us uh, are straight-A students from school. We are the ones who work the long hours, who fight for getting the project done, even when what's left to be done on the project isn't actually our job. Um, And not that other people don't do the same things, but driven people tend to take success very personally, partly because if you're like me, um, you are someone who has been identified from very early in life as someone who is successful in your intellectual pursuits. Growing up, I was the child who was not athletic who was very introverted and so not terribly popular, but I was the one who made straight A's. And so my expectation, my role in our family 
was I was the smart one. I was the one who was expected to do well in school, to get a scholarship to go to college, to get a good job, and to be a success. And for people who are raised with that expectation or who develop that expectation either in and of themselves or from other people as they move forward as an adult in their career and their business life, it's very difficult to find yourself face-to-face with a project or an effort that is failing. And failure can look different. For some of us, something as simple as not getting the level of output that we expected is a failure. If When I was in school, if I did not make an A, it was a failure. And some people in their careers, if they don't get, let's say, salesperson of the year, or um, you know, if their project doesn't make the most money of any new project in the company or whatever, that's still a failure in their eyes because we have been programmed by ourselves and by others to measure ourselves against the intellectual output that we provide to society. That can be really hard, especially when you are confronted with something that may be somewhat beyond your control. Think about the pandemic a few years ago. How many people who are driven entrepreneurs and business owners were faced with having to lay people off or having to close down brick and mortar establishments because of something that was completely and totally beyond their control. Now, some people manage to pivot and pivot well, and that's great. But there are some things that could not pivot as easily as others. You know, restaurants were able in some cases to pivot to takeout, but a hair salon had a harder time pivoting. Now, I know of some hairstylists who own their own salons who pivoted to doing one-on-one in-home services and were able to keep some of their clients, but not everybody could do that because there were restrictions in a lot of areas. So something like the pandemic could have caused a feeling of failure in you or others like us that is beyond your control. But even if we're not talking about something like a global pandemic, not everything that you put your hands to is going to be successful. And it's really hard to accept that sometimes. We feel like we have been able to control the outcomes that we have been a part of for a long time. And then one day you're up against that one project, that one class, that one um, client that you just can't make work. And it's very difficult, especially if as an entrepreneur or a business owner or a career person, it costs you a, you know, a lot of money for your business or a client for your corporation that makes you look bad, or even if it just makes you feel like you have lost face with your employees or the people who work under you, it's still really hard to accept that 
and to move on. But you have to let go of failure because nobody can be successful 100% of the time. And one of the things that holds a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs back is the fact that they experience a failure and are secretly afraid whoops, to move forward because they have, hmm, my microphone just decided to take a little spin there. Um, they are afraid of continuing to fail. And so this is why um, a lot of online businesses and even brick and mortar businesses fail early in their life, in their lifespan, because the owners experience a failure and are afraid to continue forward for fear of bigger failure. And so I just want to encourage you with our first topic about letting go. Let go of things that are lessons. If you failed because you were lazy, if you failed because you didn't try, if you failed because someone told you that it was wrong or bad or that it had already been tried and not worked and you continued forward, maybe a little bit of that is on you. But for the most part, we fail because we haven't learned any better in that particular space. And so putting yourself down, being upset or holding yourself responsible for a failure that you could not have legitimately predicted, or even if you could have predicted, you couldn't have prevented, is not something that serves you, that serves your business or the company that you work for, and is genuine generally going to be detrimental to you in life. So in addition to failure, we have a lot of things similar, but a little bit different. Um, and one of those is perfectionism. Um, similar to having a hard time with failing. Those of us who have been programmed to be the smart one or the driven one or what have you also expect things to be pretty darn perfect pretty much all of the time. It's not okay to have a presentation not be perfect because we did our part, but someone else didn't do theirs. And so we're now going to give all of our nights this week or the weekend we were supposed to be at our kids soccer tournament or whatever to perfecting the presentation because somebody else didn't meet our standard. Here's what I need to tell you. Standards are great. They are important, especially in business. But sometimes your standards are higher than what is required to get the job done. And what that means is that you are working harder for absolutely no additional benefit. And again, I know that this is really hard to process in here, and I still struggle with this a lot because I am a perfectionist. But when there is a level of expectation set, especially if we're talking about working with a client or if we're talking about, um, let's say that you're a digital entrepreneur, 
getting social media posts done or um, recording a podcast. Sometimes good enough is good enough because what you find fault in is not something that most people will notice. And when they do notice it, they're going to identify you as human instead of superhuman. And we can't be Superman or Superwoman all the time. So perfectionism can be a terrible, terrible burden. And that includes a lot of things in our personal life that we're going to talk about either later or maybe in the next episode. But perfectionism really creates a lot of stress. It creates stress for you. It creates stress for the people around you. And it will really create stress for people who are working under you. If you are a perfectionist, chances are that you are kind of hard on the people who work for you. And you need to set goals for everybody. And there needs to be accountability for people doing their jobs and doing what's expected of them. But expecting perfection 24-7 sets an unrealistic expectation that is going to create a toxic work environment. And so it's really, really important that you try to let that go and understand that sometimes 70% or 75% is good enough. Another thing that I am struggling with currently and that I'm sure many of you either are struggling with or have struggled with in the past is letting go of impatience. When you are a business owner, it is easy to think I'm going to be the quick success. I'm going to be one of those people who is going to make it big um, with very little time and a quick burst of effort. And then it's going to be smooth sailing forever. And that usually is not the case. There are exceptions um, and kudos to the exceptions. But whether you are operating in the digital space or whether you're operating in a brick and mortar space, success is a process and it requires patience. It requires time. It requires thought and it requires a lot of planning and step-by-step -step achievement of goals in order to get there. So impatience does nothing other than to highlight for you the lack of perfection that we talked about a minute ago and also the steps that you still have left, which sometimes will cause massive anxiety, um, even depression in some people, because you aren't where you're driven, perfectionistic um, self expects you to be. Setting long-term goals and that are maybe higher and more lofty and short-term goals that are very realistic is probably really important when you're first getting started. It has been a challenge for me working a full-time job and launching my business and launching this podcast and still doing all of the home things, all the personal things all of the housekeeping and, you know, outdoor things that I want to do and getting them all done 
to the level that I want them all done. And so I have had to let go of the impatience of not having overnight success in my business so that I can let go of the financial responsibility of my nine to five job or um, being able to hire full time help in the house or in the yard. I've had to let go of the impatience of that because if I continue to be frustrated every time I have to tackle one of those jobs, and this is true around your business too, if you get frustrated every time you have to tackle something that is required for your business to be a success, then you're going to spend your life upset and frustrated. And again, that's not a very good work environment. And also, it's going to lead to burnout really fast for you. And when you burn out, your business has nowhere to go because you are the engine that drives your business. So as difficult as it is, try to be less patient with the long term and much more patient with the short term. And that will help you to be pleasantly surprised when you make faster progress than what your goal setting had intended. Not that you want to be lazy. You want to make sure that you are doing what can be done and that you are taking care of the people that you have promised to take care of to the best of your ability. But you don't want to push yourself to achieve something that may be so out of the realm of possibility in your particular locality or in the particular time period or in your particular field that you make yourself crazy and your business fails because you can't keep up that level of intensity. Another thing that I think is really frustrating um, is that we have to let go of the idea that we can be all things. Um, and I find this frustrating because I have tried to be all things for a good portion of my life. Uh, when I came back to work after being out of work for several years while I, my children were small and at home, I found it very frustrating that it was so difficult to be full-time employed and a full-time mom and wanting to be the homeroom mom, wanting to go on field trips, wanting to have a tidy house and to cook home cooked meals and uh, all of the things. And also because of my husband at the time's schedule, also needing to be the car school parent who took everybody to soccer and to dance and to all of those things. And there were days when I would just suddenly sit down and cry. And it was because I wasn't willing to let go of the fact that one person cannot be everything in one moment. We can do all things over the course of years or a lifetime. You can be you know, a great stay-at-home mom and a great employee or a great business owner, 
But chances are, if you're trying to be a great mom and a great employee or business owner, you cannot also be a perfect housekeeper and the perfect healthy cook and the carpool parent and the homeroom mom and the committee person at your local place of worship or uh, at your local organization that you belong to, whatever. There's a point at which there is no more of you to go around. And this comes down to a difficult realization that sometimes we say yes to things because we are people-pleasing, but sometimes we say yes to things because we don't want anyone to think that we're not capable. And to our eyes, telling other people, no, I cannot, is tantamount to admitting that we are not good enough. I had a situation in my job not too long ago where I had been given an enormous project that was supposed to be a year in the making. And then suddenly things changed. And that year became less than a month. And while I was struggling with that enormous project and the sudden condensing of a timeline, I was also asked if I could take on several other things. And my inclination was to say, sure. And then I said, nope, nope, not going to do it this time. This time I'm going to be real. And I messaged my supervisor back and I said, no, I cannot. You can pick either I can get this done by the new deadline or I can stretch that out over several more months and do these other things that you're asking about, but I cannot do both. And I was a little bit scared, I'm not going to lie. Um, I was afraid that she would see me as incompetent or at least disrespectful. And to my somewhat surprise, I got a message back that said, understood, you're doing a great job, thank you. And that was it. Because people who don't put that kind of pressure on themselves understand when you say, no, that is too much. And I will also venture to say that people who know you and care about you, even people in the workplace who know you and care about you, don't want you to set yourself up for failure. They don't want you to put yourself in a position where you have no legitimate way to be successful. So not overcommitting, not trying to be all things to all people is not only a necessary part of being successful in life and in business, it also is a necessary part of being part of relationships that you have personal relationships, but also relationships with the people you work with. If you are always taking on more than you can really seriously do without becoming a heinously awful human being or uh, not completing those tasks to your normal standard, you're not helping anybody. And you need to let go 
of the idea that you can do all things and be all things and serve everyone equally well all the time if you never say no. No needs to become an important word in your vocabulary. And maybe it's not even no. Maybe it's not right now or not this week or not this quarter. But no has to be a word that we become comfortable with. And for people like me, uh, who are super type A, who are really driven, saying no is a hard word. Telling people I can't is really uncomfortable. But it has to become comfortable because we have to learn to stand for ourselves and we have to understand that we are actually undermining our own success by saying yes when we have too much coming at us or expectations that are greater than what we know we can actually achieve. Don't tell your boss, yes, I can plan to work, you know, every Friday night and Saturday for the next year when you've got young children at home. You know you can't do that. That's just, and if you have a partner who is helping you, you can't do that to them, okay? Even if you could theoretically get away with doing it while children are occupied elsewhere, you can't do that. So it's important to set boundaries for yourself as well as boundaries around the work that you do. And by setting some legitimate boundaries that are fair to you, but also fair to your business or your company or wherever you work, you are creating blocks of time where you can be very productive, but not overwhelmed and not burn out and where you can serve at the highest level because you are not in a position where you are having the life sucked out of you on a daily basis and you don't have time to pour into yourself or to let anyone else pour into you. So another thing that we have to let go of, and this is particularly true of those of us in the online sphere, and it kind of relates to those first couple about um, being perfect and fear of failure, and that is fear of judgment. In the digital space, as many of you will know, there is a phenomenon known as imposter syndrome, and it is the idea that we think that everybody is watching us and spending all of their time judging us and finding us to be not good enough. And we ourselves feel not good enough because we think that everybody is judging us. Here's a hard pill to swallow. Yes, there are people judging you, but 99% of the populace is way too busy judging themselves and worrying about being judged by others to judge you. And if they are judging you, 
then chances are they are not accomplishing very much and you should not feel judged because you are probably doing a lot more than they are ever going to get done. That doesn't mean that we aren't by nature or programming the way we were raised as children set up to feel like judgment is scary. You know, we, we start out in school. My coach talked about this on a podcast once. We're, we're set up in school to fear judgment from a very young age. You go to school, you learn, you take tests, and those tests determine whether you are successful or whether you're a failure in school. goes back to our first point. But along the way, you know, before you really understand the impact of your grades in school, you do understand the fact that your teacher calls mom and dad because you talk too much. Or your teacher pulls you aside and tells you that your work is messy. Or the teacher fusses at you because it takes you longer to finish your spelling words than it takes the other children around you. We're just set up in school to be judged. And that continues if we go on to college or university. And it continues in the workplace. I mean, almost every workplace, every workplace that I know of certainly, has annual evaluations of employees. That's judgment. I am here to talk to you about what you have done well and what you have done poorly, and I am here to evaluate you and give you a judgment as to your value to this company, to this team, to this office, whatever. It's terrifying. I know that I do more work in my business and in my nine to five than a lot of people in this world. And yet when it comes time to for my annual evaluation at my nine to five job, I sweat bullets, not because I don't think that I've done a lot of work, but because to some extent, people are allowed to judge us from their lens of success rather than from our lens of our effort. And I think this is why it's so important to let go of the sphere of judgment because many times what we are seeing as someone judging us is from a perspective that is so totally different from our own. It's like if you go to an art gallery, okay, as you walk through the art gallery, there are going to be paintings that you really like. And there's going to be paintings that you don't like. And your judgment of them is a personal preference that has nothing to do most likely with the giftedness of the artist or the amount of effort that went into the creation of that painting. It's just what you like or don't like. I am a particularly um, picky person when it comes to art, and it has nothing to do with thinking that people who create other styles of art are not good enough. It's just that it's not what I find either 
interesting to have in my home or soothing to have in certain places of my home. I have very specific requirements for art because I want it to be something that both reflects me, but also that reflects the tranquility of the house that I want to live in. And some things to me just aren't restful. And so, yeah, that's kind of a judgment of certain pieces of art. But it's from a very pers particular perspective that is my very own, and it has nothing to do with the artist. But if an artist was standing in a gallery and I were to go in somewhere and say, no, I don't want that piece of art, that, that doesn't appeal to me at all, the artist could very well feel judged because they don't know the lens from which I'm making that comment. And so I'm particularly talking to my fellow digital entrepreneurs here, but to anybody in any career space that fears judgment, it's really important to understand that except where you have been given a very specific list of tasks that you are being judged on their accomplishment or not getting them accomplished, most people are looking at you through a lens that is not the same as yours. And though there are criteria for keeping our jobs and criteria for what makes our businesses successful, we can't allow the way we go about that to be influenced by fear of judgment as long as we're doing it in a morally and ethically um, valid way that fits in, you know, if you're working in a nine to five space that fits in with your company's guidelines and work policies, or if you're in the digital space that fits within your own moral and ethical guidelines. Don't fear judgment when you don't, A, know that other people are truly judging you and most of them are not, but B, don't be afraid to have people judge you when their judgment may be for a reason that has nothing to do with your effort or your value. It could just purely be from the perspective of what they need or want in that moment. And the last thing that I want to mention in this particular episode about business is that we all come into business, whether it's a nine to five, whether it's a digital space, whether um, you know it's a brick and mortar business that we are running as the owner or the founder. We all approach things from a perspective of what we believe is going to make us or the people around us or our clients or whatever happy, uh, what is going to satisfy the desires of the people that we are serving. And it's important to let go of the sense that our best effort is not good enough. And this is where I think so many people become so unhappy is that 
we give of ourselves, this is particularly true of entrepreneurs of any ilk. We give of ourselves so much and we want so badly to serve other people. We get into entrepreneurship in most cases primarily to do good, to help others. And we want so badly to be seen as valuable. But just like the fear of judgment, your value is based to some degree in the perspective and the place where other people are at when they encounter you. There will be people who will not want to do business with you, not because they don't see that you have value, but because they don't understand the value that you can bring to them. We all operate with blind spots, and those blind spots can, in many cases, bring us to a point where we are, we can't see the forest for the trees to use an old cliche. I have seen many people in the digital space who have had people say, what you do is great. I think it's amazing. It's just not for me because they do not understand that they themselves are lacking whatever it is you have to offer because we want so badly to be perfect. We are doing so much when we need to give away some of the things that we have on our plate. We are so afraid of being judged by admitting that we know that we are not perfect. And we're so afraid of failure that we cannot stop and honestly evaluate where we are in our business in our entrepreneurial journey to see the value that certain things bring. Now, sometimes we do, and sometimes we go out searching for the product or the service that is going to support us in a place where we know we are weak, and that is where real strength comes from. If you are willing to honestly critique yourself and say, I am not strong in the marketing game, I need to go out and hire someone either as a contract laborer or as an employee who is going to be strong in marketing because that is not my strength. That's where you build strength into your business. But some people don't, for instance, know what they don't know. And I see this a lot, uh, both in my nine to five and in the business entrepreneurial space, of people who start a business and don't understand their numbers. They don't look at their numbers, and if they did, they wouldn't know what they were looking at or what to look for. And so when you come along with a program that is going to help them understand how to hire based on the weakest aspects of their sales numbers. They aren't going to know that they need you because they haven't looked at those numbers in a way that means anything to what you bring to the table. So just as we don't want 
to fear judgment from people who just may not be in a place to appreciate what we have to offer. We also cannot feel like we are less valuable or don't have as much to bring to the table because some people do not feel like our services are valuable to them. No one will ever be the number one value to everybody out there. That's why so many people exist in the same spaces. You know, that's why McDonald's and Wendy's and Burger King and Jack in the Box and, oh gosh, who am I leaving out? The Hardee's Carl's Jr. duo and whoever else that does fast food hamburgers can all exist within two blocks of each other because everybody brings something different to the table in the exact same space. And you bring something unique to your space that is going to bring your clients a lot of value. You just need to appreciate the fact that you will be appreciated by the people that you're meant to serve, and you will not be appreciated by the people you are not meant to serve. And that's hard. It kind of you know, makes us feel like that not good enough thing we were talking about, but that's not what it is. What it is, is something to celebrate, because if you were all things to all people, you couldn't serve everybody. Even if you hired a great team, a big team, you couldn't serve everybody. And so rejoice in the fact that there are people who don't see your value, because the people who do see your value will have not only the ability to get in to work with you, but also the ability to work with you again and maybe at a higher price point or for more in-depth services because there was a space for them. And there's not always space when we try to be all things to all people. Okay, so this was just my little rant on letting go in business, uh, partly for myself, but also for all of my fellow career-minded people of all ilk out there. I am going to end the episode here, and we will talk about letting go in your personal life in the next episode. But I want to thank everybody for joining me and encourage you to like and comment and share this podcast. We're on Spotify right now. Um, this will be episode five, I think, five or six. And until we get a few more episodes up, we can't get shared over to the other platforms. But if you would go on Spotify and click the five stars, that would be super helpful to get us out there for other people to know and benefit from. So thank you so much for joining us and I will talk to you in the next episode. Take care. Thanks for tuning into the Profit Able podcast. I hope you picked up some useful nuggets to implement right away to increase your profits or your ability to live that good life. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with any coaches, course creators, or lifestyle design seekers who would find value in this content. When we support each other, we all rise higher. I look forward to bringing you more real tactical tips to grow your business and enhance your life on the next episode of the Profit Able Podcast. 
See you then.